0: Hey, inclined listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let's ride. It's time
1: for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. (laughs)
0: What's happening, everyone? Thank you for listening to another week of The Incline. Kevin Klein here, and the Dodgers are kicking off a three-game series today. We're going to talk about that later. We got a lot to talk about today. David and Jake, they're in the house as well, and we're also joined by an awesome guest today. It's Sierra from Cronkite News at Arizona State. How's it going?
2: Well, I'm supposed to be in class right now, so don't tell anyone (laughs) how they know I'm doing this. Um, It's good. I'm just hanging out. I don't really like zoom life. I don't know how you guys like it. So
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty trash, but it is what it is for now.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming on and you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one curious, like what other work you're doing out there? Like where can people find you on Twitter or Instagram or et cetera?
2: So both my handles are the Sierra Luna um, C I E R R A. I am a grad student. This is my last semester at Cronkite. So I'm done in December finally. But yeah, I am doing sports journalism route right now. Um, But I actually wanna work in sports betting. So we'll see, that's kind of a left turn out of here. But yeah, that's what I'm doing right now, so.
0: Sports betting, awesome. You know, I like to partake in that, but I lose a lot. Maybe you can give me some tips (laughs) how to do better.
2: Oh my gosh. You have to follow this girl. I'll send you, her name's Megan. She's like runs the FanDuel account. She's the best. So like nine times out of 10 when I follow her card, I hit. So like <laughs> that hurt.
0: Good to know. All right. I'm going to take you up on that offer. In the meantime, we got some baseball to talk about, you know, the Dodgers coming off a win yesterday of the Houston asterisks, those lousy cheaters, you know, I just want to get this out of out of the way right away. How awful was that ESPN broadcast yesterday?
3: It was it was shameful, frankly. Uh, Matt Vasgersian was that was literally one of the most disgraceful performances I've ever heard called on air. Uh, so apologetic, so revisionist. Uh, it was he was the worst person in the booth. And you know we're used to see we're used to hearing a Rod just go off on these rants that make no sense. Uh, But Vaskirjan takes the cake. Uh, It's, you know, ESPN is a partner of MLB. So I guess they have to like, you know, follow the MLB mandate to a degree. Uh, But they just completely, completely just botched that broadcast. They asked Turner a question about it, but they didn't ask Correa anything about it. It was just shameful all around.
1: Yeah, I get what they're I get what they're coming from. They got to kind of be down the middle when it comes to this thing, and they got to present, you know, both sides or, or, or what have you. Um, but it, it's obviously been the Astros' prerogative as an organization to come out and try and portray their team as some sort of uh, victim in all this, and some sort of you know playing you know with adversity against adversity, and and really you know. Uh, climbing out of this hole that they've that they found themselves in and it's and it's all about you know uh, playing the victim game from their standpoint and it's just unfortunate when you have uh, people on national tv perpetuating that same narrative um, when it comes to uh, just painting this team as some sort of like little engine that could when in fact they should be they should still be being uh, shamed for what they did it will will not forget for as long as we live and even you know if and when know the dodgers win a world series i don't think that that 2017 uh, world series uh, the bad taste in our mouths will ever go away
0: all right let's come out of the gate firing with some questions right now we're going to kick it off with at zimsy on twitter matthew zimmerman and this is the perfect question for jake to answer because i know he's got some things to say if roberts manages to stop being loyal to jansen and goes to cl- a closer by committee and the dodgers cash in the title this year would we then send the astros a fruit basket as a sign of the appreciation for so completely exposing kenley and forcing roberts hand
1: well i uh, I, we're never sending them anything. I never want to. I never want to, you know, show show them any sort of uh, grace or any sort of, you know, gifts or anything like that, because uh, they they just deserved everything that's coming to them. But I will say this, you know, I think that um, what what it showed was is that Kenley Jansen, when he doesn't locate well, he gets hit, and he had a lot of guys 0-2. Roberts talked about in the post game. Um, and he missed his location and then ended up throwing, you know, uh, cutters right over the middle of the plate. And these, you know, this lineup isn't a a bad lineup, and they were able to capitalize on that. I'm not so much worried about Jansen. He's pitched pretty well. And up until his last couple of outings, he, you know, he's recorded 10 saves. He has a 1.06 ERA. That's before his last two outings. Um, And, you know, not too long ago was the reliever of the month. So, considering everything that's happened with Jansen since uh, about 2018, when he started to kind of go into a decline, things this year have been kind of good. But what does worry me and what sort of uh, gives me a pause is Robert's inability to recognize when his pitcher doesn't have it. And it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me when he takes a starter out after 67 pitches and three innings but he's willing to let Jansen essentially die out there, um, not, not really comprehending the fact that he just didn't have it. And I just think that Roberts is this guy who's loyal to his players, almost to a fault, and it gets us into trouble. And I'm just worried that he's going to leave these guys out there and they're going to get hammered. And if, if that was any indication of what's going to happen in the postseason, I'm, I'm severely worried.
3: Yeah, I'll let I'll let Sierra get a word in here before I before I make my take.
2: No, I I agree. It's um, like what we saw last night, especially if they're going through their bullpen and you trust your bullpen and you're telling us that this is the best bullpen you've seen in years. Even I think that yeah, it's something that he needs to take a step. But look, and I mean, not as obviously, I'm not a coach, not a manager, or anything, but how many runs do you let a pitcher give up before you realize that it's, you're kind of in a bad spot. And I would assume it's probably a little under five. So you would think like maybe that <laughs> you would pull somebody. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think like you said that Jensen has been good. I think what his, he has like 12 recorded saves since out of 28 or something. So like, he's fine. Like he's not like doing bad at all, but um yeah, I don't know. He's not playing in the Padre series. So I guess that's some like some wiggle room to see how the other closers do. And mm-hmm. then to go from there. Um,
1: I will yeah. I will wanna say one thing before you jump in there, David. And yeah. and and this is my last point about this Jansen thing. Um it reminded me of what happened in, in the in the 2019 NLDS with Kershaw. Like it just it brought me back yeah. to that moment yeah. where Roberts will trust his players to a fault and and essentially hurt his players in the long run leaving them out there to die I mean after Kershaw got you know Adam Eaton or whoever it was out yep. to, to end the inning that should have been it for him and Roberts should have said good job buddy you did what you needed to do questionable even to bring him in in that scenario but that should have been the end of it and similarly for Jansen, once he started to falter, and even after when they sent Kershaw back out there in 2019, he gave up the first home run, that's when you go and get him. You don't leave him out there to die, and then he's got to answer the media afterwards while he's getting pummeled like, oh, my God, there's this narrative again that Kershaw can't handle the postseason. It's going to happen with Jansen again, and if this is any indication of what's going to happen this postseason, we've got to be careful of this because this, th- this cannot continue.
3: Yeah, um, like, like both of you have mentioned, Jansen's actually been pretty solid this year. Uh, he, is, he is 10 of 12 on save opportunities. He's Obviously, his last two outings have been brutal. But, I mean, if you look at the peripherals, I mean, he's in the 100th percentile in hard hit percentage and exit velocity and the 98th percentile in expected batting average and expected slugging. So it's just a matter of he's just getting hit. Like, his, his stuff is there. It's just he's getting hit. And I actually agreed with Roberts when he said he, he located the pitches and he made his pitches, because he, he did. It's just these hitters are just catching on. Uh, he's been flirting with the the one-pitch arsenal his entire career. Uh, he's thrown a cutter 65% of the time this year, and that's, you know, eventually hitters are going to catch up. So to answer to answer uh, at Zimzi, I think it was, his, his question, Kenley Jansen is going to be the closer. That's just what's going to happen. Roberts and the Dodgers are, are entrenched in that position. And until he does something so drastic where you can't keep him there anymore, he will be the closer. And I, I hate to say it, but, but two bad outings is, is not going to you know, lose his job for him. What, what I would like to see is using him sporadically. You know, Not necessarily every game he's the closer. He can be the primary closer. But, you know, if he pitched the, the game before or they like the matchup with Trinan or, or Ferguson or whoever else, to go to to go to, to go go to them instead of Jansen every single time.
1: I will say, though, to Robert's credit, I did like the fact that he brought Jansen back out there the second time, or the, I agree. the second game of the Astros series, just to, you know, uh, kind of oh. you know, get his confidence back up.
0: All right, well, then I'm going to give the contrarian take because it looks like it's a one versus three right now. What was the point of that? Honestly, it was a wasted effort. It was a 7-1, to 8-1 to game, whatever it was. Jansen all of a sudden getting a one 2 3 against a game that's just out of reach, that doesn't mean jack. What you should have done is saved him for this Padres series because there very well could be a save opportunity tonight. Why not try to test his confidence there? Instead, you burned him two days in a row. He's probably not going to pitch tonight. Maybe they use him tomorrow. And if he blows that save, then... Psh, Dodgers' Twitter is going to go completely bananas.
3: It's it's completely a confidence thing. Uh, they wanted to – you know, he wanted to get him in a game where there's not a lot of stress, get his confidence back, have him down today. Because imagine what would happen to him if they didn't pitch him yesterday. Dodgers are up 4-1 to one in the ninth today, and he gives up, you know, four straight hits and a bomb to Tatis to lose the game. Like, that would destroy Jansen.
0: They did that last year with him, and it didn't work. He would come well, back – try to redeem himself. And sometimes he would do it, but then another save opportunity later, he blows it. I just don't see this game's out of reach. The Astros weren't going to come back. It, it doesn't, it doesn't change anything.
3: It's tough because I, 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 I agree with both sides. Um, but in terms of, a, in terms of confidence, they need his confidence more than they need his services right now. Uh, Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. doesn't matter what seed they are, but they need Jansen to be confident. Uh, and that, that that outing was all about confidence there. And, and you know, with Roberts sending his pitchers out like pigs for slaughter, you know, we need, we need confidence in, in all of those guys. Okay,
0: well, let's answer some quick questions real quick. We kind of cover these. From disclaimer with Sergio Morales, what kind of dirt does Kenley have on the Dodgers front office that they won't think about replacing him? <laughs> Kenley doesn't have any dirt. This is just completely out of line. Last year they had no hesitation replacing him. You know, this is a shortened season, so to me, those two blown saves could be the equivalence of eight blown saves in the long run. If Kenley blows another one, they're going to be more inclined to go to a, commu- com- a committee, so to me, Jansen isn't as powerful as many think.
1: Yeah, it's sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't because I remember a lot of people last year when they didn't bring Jansen in there was an uproar. I'm talking about the again, the 2019 NLDS game 5 when they didn't bring him in there was an uproar on Twitter about oh my god, you're not going to bring Jansen in and then when they finally did bring him in it was sort of too late and and the game was already out of hand. I I actually agreed with that move and I think that um when it comes down to it if 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 Jansen is not performing when going into the postseason, I, I I don't mind them not going to him. Like I I don't really care about um, his, his feelings when it comes to winning a world series. And uh, for me, like, you know, I'll support Jansen, you know, uh, he's been great for us and I love what he, when, what he's been able to do, but if he's not going to be the guy at the end of the game to get the duck, to get the job done, we got to find somebody who can. Unfortunately, it should be Blake Trinan, but that guy pitches literally every game. Yeah.
0: We'll talk about Blake Trinan in a second because I want to give shout out to at Alexander Ora 2 for his question of odds of a closer by committee with Bias, Trinan, and McGee in the playoffs. And so a committee, you know, there's pros and cons to every single reliever. I'll do Jansen last, but I mean, if you have Adam Kolarik available in the ninth and you have two or three lefties up, then I honestly would vote Kaleric, and here's why. He has a 60 ERA, 11 strikeouts versus left-handed batters. He's given up one hit all season long. The opposition's hitting 36 against him. In addition, he's given up one walk along with that. But versus righties, hitters are hitting 261, 280 on base percentage, but he hasn't given up any home runs. Then you want to talk about Blake Trinan. He's been nails against right-handed batters, 170 opponent average against, 200 on base, 208 slugging. But lefties are seeing him pretty well. They're hitting 273 against him, a 433 on base percentage, 364 slugging. In the percentile rankings, 78th percentile exit velocity. He is one of the best with an 87 XERA. And then in terms of his K rate, it's really, really low. So is Blake Trinan actually the option at closer compared to Kenley Jansen? David already read off his advanced stats. But against right-handed batters, they're hitting 243, 349 on base, which is really high. But against lefties, he's been a lot better. 171 average against, 275 on base, 314 uh, slugging. And then, you know, Before September, he had a 154 ERA. Unfortunately, in September, he has an 1157 ERA. And then last but not least, Jake McGee, who's reverse splits this season. I don't know if many people know that. Despite how many fastballs he's been throwing, left-handed batters are batting 316 against him, while right-handed batters are batting 103 against him. (sighs) So there you have it. There's pros and cons to every reliever out there.
3: Okay. I'll, I'm just going to say one thing and I'll let you, I'll let you to have your take on who should be the closer. I'm, you know, I'm all for stats and I'm, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of like, do I trust these peripheral stats and all this exit velocity stuff? Or do I just trust the eye test? I'm, I'm pretty much in the middle. Like I, I, I use the stats and then I, I go by the eye test, but here's my take it doesn't matter really when you pitch Kenley Jansen because if he's not going to be the closer, he's he's definitely going to be coming in in the seventh or the sixth or the, or the eighth. Um, So does it really matter when he blows the game or if he's not going to blow the game? Obviously, if he blows the game in the seventh, you get two innings to try to recover. But my biggest fear is, is how Dave Roberts manages all these pitchers, because I actually have faith in pretty much everyone in the bullpen, but I don't have a lot of faith in Dave Roberts. I I do think these guys, when it comes down to it, are going to perform, including Jansen. Um, So frankly, I don't care who closes the game. Uh, I'm just worried about if Dave Roberts is going to make the right choice and put these guys in a position to succeed or put them in a position to fail, as he's done many times in the past.
1: Sierra, what do you think about this?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of split down the middle, I guess. Um, I, yeah, I have a hard time, like you said, trusting Dave to do what he needs to do in the postseason. But just because Mm -hmm. we've been in this position for now, like, what, like three years in a row, four years in a row, where we see these, like these awesome Dodgers for a while, and then they're like, offense kind of like, Slopes down a little bit, and they need help from their pitching, and then that's when like there's not a lot of management done well, and so I am I think that Jensen is going to be the closer for sure. Like I don't think someone is going to come in there and take his position yet, but I think there needs to be a discussion at the management level, like what happens if we start to go into the postseason and we see this like rocky outings from him that we've seen recently, and we who do we need to look to to kind of take on that position for sure but yeah I don't it's hard to like take like take a stance on it when you're not like in the position of a manager like I totally get the whole confidence booster thing and like sending him in there for an outing or whatever just in case that but it's, at the same time it's like like why didn't you pull him the last time like that would have boosted his confidence like would if you would have pulled him yeah instead of like yeah. letting him go down like you did so that's when you, like, step in and make that decision, not the next day when they decide they want to split the series when we should have won both games. So. And,
1: and, and let me just say, Sierra, all of us um, on this podcast know – a lot more than dave roberts does so just <laughs> just want to let you know that. oh we,
2: absolutely that's why that's why i'm here the we all, yeah. we're all <laughs> we're here. all
1: um we're all ex-managers and ex fall players so we we understand now the thing is is like jansen's going to be the closer dave roberts said as much um he's their guy what i would like to see i would like to see uh more of a closer bike by committee and more of a matchup based um, system because um, I I just don't, I just don't trust Jansen's stuff. Even when, even like watching him pitch pitch well, it's just the velocity is just, it's just not there for me. It it hasn't really been there uh, since, you know, 2017. And I, I I just, I just worry just putting all our eggs in one basket and, and saying like, yep, he's our guy he's not mariano rivera you know he's not he's not the guy that like even in you know in his in the later stages of his career you could still trust him at the end of the game yeah. um but yeah I, if it were up to me and it's not it would be a closer by committee so obviously we're not going to see that at least right now but i think like i was saying if he slips jansen slips down the stretch i don't think they really have a choice
0: Never forget Jansen willingly chose in summer camp to get four outs in a in a three out situation. So he has it. Don't don't dish, don't diss him. Another quick question. We kind of already touched upon this, but I'll be pretty direct with this. At Breakin', breaks and bros, why do you think management never made it a top priority to get another legit closer? Uh sorry, breaks and bros, they did make it a priority when they yeah, signed Blake me. Blake Trinan in the offseason. They were willing to give him 10 million. Don't forget, in 2018, he was arguably the best closer in baseball when he converted 38 saves and had a 078 ERA. And on top of that, they got their future closer in Brewstar Gratterall, who we didn't mention yet because I I think it's not fair to put him in those ninth inning situations just because he's still got some development to go. But they were willing to trade one of the best pitchers now in the American League, Kenta Maeda, straight up for Gratterall because they saw the potential in him. Unlike the Boston Red Sox. So here's another guy who could be the closer next season for all we know. But regardless, he has been very effective in the 2020 season. And he might be a seventh or eighth inning guy down the stretch and in the playoffs. And on top of that, Jake McGee has closing experience. So that's just another arm to add in your wheelhouse. So sorry, I disagree. I think they have made moves to acquire uh, legit closers. I'm going to say
1: one thing real quick about um, I'm going to feel a lot better if uh, if Joe Kelly and Pedro Baez come back strong, because if we have those guys that are able to uh, come in and get big outs late in games, then the closer by committee thing makes a lot more sense because you have that that depth and that just those reinforcements. So once, you know, Baez has come back and he hasn't looked great this year, spent some time on the aisle. So Hopefully he can get back into shape because he was one of our our better relievers uh, last year. And then once uh, Joe Kelly comes back from his ridiculous suspension, um, and we'll see what kind of pitcher we have when he comes back. And he actually was pitching um, pretty well when when he went on the IL.
3: Yeah, one guy we haven't brought up that I do want to bring up is Dylan Floro, who is quietly having an excellent season. Uh, he's arguably been the best Dodgers reliever if you look at the stats. Uh, his peripherals are phenomenal too. He's in the top 98% in exit velocity, barrel percentage, hard hit rate and expected slugging. And it looks like Trinan, uh, has helped him out with, uh, learning that sinker. Cause he's added a, a lot of movement on that sinker this year. I'm not, I'm not sure Roberts would trust him in the ninth. Uh, but this is a guy who is for sure going to be on the postseason roster. And who knows if they're going to go by committee, they might go with Floro there. Cause he's quietly, been very very good this year,
1: and similarly, Victor Gonzalez too. Yeah, he's been- yeah no, they're point. gonna
3: have a ton of tough decisions to, yep. on who to who to include in this roster. Frankly, I think McGee gets left off because one pitch pitcher in the, in the postseason is is not a recipe for success. Uh, I mean, he's basically telling the hitters, "Here comes my fastball. Good luck." Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, which I forgot, was. Last
0: season, a lot of people were clamoring for them to sign Craig Kimbrell, who was viewed as a legit closer. Hand up. Hand and up. <laughs> yeah. You have to pick and choose. So Not me. Just imagine if they had given him that kind of contract. You know, Then you get your wish. They signed a legit closer. But, oh, wait, he's a huge bust and not even a factor this season. So, they know what they're doing in the front office. This is the best bullpen they've assembled in the Friedman regime, in my opinion. And 100%. then the last thing I have to – This is my first jab at A-Rod tonight. Maybe another one's coming along. (laughs) Yesterday's game, he made a stupid comment saying, you need a legit closer to win a World Series. Well, where A-Rod was mistaken was from 2016 to 2019, none of those teams had a stable closer when the postseason actually rolled around, and yet all those teams were able to win a World Series, regardless, you know, some were due to cheating. But you look at Araldus Chapman was a disaster almost every outing Craig Kimbrel blew a lot of opportunities with the Red Sox they lost faith in him Ken Giles yeah, they Giles. were they were going to Brad Peacock and McCullers to close out games and then last season the Nationals they didn't even have a closer their bullpen was so bad they just used a bunch of new guys they acquired such as Daniel Hudson and sometimes Sean Doolittle so yeah that's all I have to say about this topic um
3: a also said Kenley Jansen should throw less strikes like, I get what I get what he was going for there, but it just the fact that A-Rod said it made it sound really stupid.
2: Yeah, that whole commentary last night was interesting. Like, it, I don't know. He's I, I think he also said something about, like, oh, Chris Taylor shouldn't hit because they should just, like, let Jensen see what happens when he's in the same situation. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's like,
2: what are you telling baseball players to not hit? Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know what that Yeah, is.
3: it was like the Dodgers just stop scoring runs so they can, like, let Kenley spin the chamber again.
2: Yeah, making comments about – I think he made some comment about, like, Cody Bellinger, too, letting up on the plate, and everyone was pissed.
0: He did, yes. Uh, Just shout-out to at Peru Mike as well. And we're going to drop the Jansen stuff, but hopefully we gave you some clarity in your question regarding Jansen's leash as well. Uh, Speaking of Chris Taylor, who was just brought up, I know Jake wanted to talk about how good he's been this season. Let's give this man his moment of fame and credit
1: I, I love Chris Taylor. I think Chris Taylor is probably one of the biggest trades that Andrew Friedman has made since he's been with the Dodgers, just because it was so under the radar. And a lot of people, when we got him from Seattle, was like, what? Who is this guy? And since he's come over, he's you know, changed up his batting stance a little bit, changed up his swing. And this dude can rake and he can play every position. And to me, that's so, so valuable. He was the 2017 NLCS co-MVP. He was uh, unbelievable on that squad. And he's just been such a great uh, fill-in player. When Corey Seager has gone down, he can play every single outfield position. And not only that, he's a really good fielder at every single position. So that's hard to come by. And also he's got a good bat. He, ov- overall this season, he hasn't been like lighting it up. But over the last 10 games, He's hitting 359, 432 on base percentage, 692 uh, slugging, and one a 1.124 OPS, three home runs, 14 RBIs, four doubles, and 11 runs scored over his last 10 games. So he is heating up and good too, because honestly, with the way that Bellinger and Muncie are slumping this season for the whole time, pretty much. The power is there a little bit. They both have you know ten or so home runs, but like overall, it's just been such a disappointment. Bellinger has been dropped into the you know dropped in the lineup to like sixth. So um, for Chris Taylor to come in with him and and Pollock, and obviously Betts and Seeger are on fire. So you know you don't have to worry about them. But like it's just been so nice to see other guys stepping up in all of these other players' absences, so to speak.
3: Yeah, I agree Taylor's been awesome this year but let me let me let me talk about AJ Pollock real quick. Late in games, he's hitting 455 with a 1.342 OPS with two home runs. And when the Dodgers are behind, he's hitting 359 with a 954 OPS, 6 RBIs and two home runs. This dude has earned the right to not be a p- platoon player. He needs to be in the lineup every day. He's earned it. He's hitting lefties and he's actually hitting righties even better than lefties. Um, It looks like, you know, Jock Peterson may be, his time with the Dodgers may be coming to an end. He's a free agent at the end of this year. He's really struggling this year. Um, I would not be surprised if they still kept him on the postseason roster due to his, you know, past postseason success. Uh, But Pollock and Taylor absolutely need to be starting pretty much every day. I agree.
1: And, and and uh, and just to to cap that off with bellinger, which is has just been um, kind of a mess uh, since so since he had back to back games with uh, home runs at the end of uh, August against Texas, he had two games in a row already where he, where he had a home run he 's hit one hundred ninety four this is in his last nine games he 's hit one ninety four two hundred fifty six on base one ninety four slugging and a four hundred and fifty one ops no extra base hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. And as much as I dislike A. Rod, he's been pointing it out. Oral Hershiser's been pointing it out. Bellinger is missing pitches that he should crush. They're they're making mistakes to him, and he's not hitting them. And for some reason, I feel like every time I'm watching him, he's like spinning around like a you know like a twister almost, and his back is like all twisted up. And I'm not really sure what's going on there. They said he changed his swing in the offseason, but I really hope that he can can figure it out at some point.
0: On top of that, there's also uh, rumors that he's dealing with that lat strain, and we just don't know the extent of the injury, so he might be covering up how serious it actually is. But uh, last thing on Pollock, you know, before the season started, as hard as I was on him, the one thing I did get right was I said the Dodgers weren't going to view him as a platoon player he was gonna be an everyday player and he's definitely made the most of his opportunities, like David has said. Another bat who's shut up a lot of haters is Kike Hernandez. Over his last seven games, he's got a 385 on base, 348 average, two home runs. So people out there
3: flexing their mustaches are very quiet right now it's, because it was the post post-mustache era. Yes, exactly. The yes. post-mustache Ever since he got rid of that thing, he's actually been solid. So
0: the last thing I want to add to Kike Hernandez. For as hard as people are on him, he's actually had a better season than Jock Peterson. Well, that's frankly that's that's pretty much everyone on the Dodgers right now. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, um, do you want to switch things up and do our out of left fields real quick, or we want to cover this Padres and then do the other?
3: Whatever you guys are feeling.
0: All right, let's talk Padres real quick. You All know right. they got a three game series going, kicking off tonight. Uh, it's the final three games of the season. The Dodgers are—I gotta look it up—two and a half ahead of them, right? Yep, two and a half. Two and two. a half. Yep. So it kicks off. It's been confirmed: Clayton Kershaw versus Dennison Lamont. Who, in my opinion, I said it before the season started. He was their most talented pitcher. You did and Chris Paddock has proven other has proven why Chris Paddock two, is not good. He's two and one with a two twenty four ERA. And 68 strikeouts, over 52 innings. So if you drafted him in fantasy like I did, you know what's up. How do you think the Dodgers are going to approach him tonight? Because he nearly no-hit them into the five, fifth or sixth inning his first time out. And how big is this series overall? So I want to get your guys' thoughts.
3: I think the Dodgers – go ahead. Go ahead. No, go for please. it. You're good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think the Dodgers are going to win two out of three. I think they're going to shut up a lot of San Diego fans right now. And I'm calling it now. If Jock Peterson is in the lineup tonight, he's going to hit a home run. He's going to, he hits, he can only hit, uh, righties at this point. Uh, basically he's apparently. Yeah. And it's, it's basically home run or bust. Uh, I mean, he looks really bad at the plate, but if he gets, if he gets a hold of a fastball, he can put that one deep into the stands. So I'm gonna go with the Padres winning uh the Dodgers winning tonight. Maybe the maybe the Padres get one of the of the next two. Uh we don't really know the probables. I think it's gonna be Kershaw and, and LeMay tonight against and then Gonsolin Davies tomorrow and possibly Dustin May against whoever they put in Chris Paddock's spot because he's hurt slash bad. So uh yeah, we'll see. I think it's gonna be two out of three. I think Jock Peterson hits one out tonight.
2: Um not that I want to see the Dodgers lose at all. I definitely want to sweep here. But I think it's more make or break for the Padres. Yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely like if they go ahead in this if they go ahead in the like the league right now and they come ahead, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna win NL West still, even if they beat us in the series. So I'm more on the like side of like I'm honestly not that worried and maybe I should be. Maybe it's like Tatis going like flatting out a little bit right here, and I'm putting that in air quotes because he's amazing. But um, yeah, I think it's a more of a make or break for the Padres side. But if the like you said, if the Dodgers do win, you, they are going to shut up the rest of the haters that say that like, oh, they just lost a game to the Astros who were on the road. And all but yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting series. With do you guys do you guys think that Lamont is a Cy Young contender against Kershaw right here, or how is that going to play out?
3: I wow. think he is, but I, I think. You know Trevor Bauer, who's pitching tonight. I think is going to lock up that Cy Young award because he he outdueled Darvish th-
1: last week or a few days ago. And
3: you know, I I, th- I think it's Bauer's to lose at this
1: point. What I'm going to say about the Padres series now that we sort of see what type of team the Padres are made of. I think the last time the Dodgers played them, they hadn't really blossomed. And obviously, since um, that three uh, zero pitch to Todd Teese that he hit for a grand slam against the Rangers really kind of, you know, sparked their team and they've not really looked back since. And they, well, thanks won- Chris Woodward. Yeah. They, they've won eight of their last 10 games. And so they're, they're, they're winning at a good clip here. I really think we're going to see which team is better in this series. Because if you, th- if you think about it, the Dodgers and the Padres have essentially played the same teams, right? So know with everyone talking about how great the padres are it's like yeah okay well they're playing the same sorry ass teams that we're playing with the exception of the oakland a's which we haven't played yet and that that team is pretty good so i really think we're gonna see what you know what these two teams are made of and this is a statements series for sure we've said that a lot about uh, a number of different series, uh, the other one being the Astros series, but this is a statement series. I'm sick and tired of Padres fans on Twitter talking about how great they are. Um, They, you know, they, they, they love to tout, you know, every single thing, and they're a fun team to watch. Don't get me wrong. They're a fun team to watch. They've got great players and everything. But I, I'm so sick and tired. It's, uh, the Padres fans are, like, the same as, like, the Clippers fans where they try to, like, you know, puff their chest like, they own, like they've won something and, they, and and neither franchise really has won anything. So until right, they Jake. start to actually win something, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to hear anything. It's like a kid Let, who just turned 16 and got their driver's license. I, now they're right. feeling
0: themselves. Let me let me just take what Jake said and flip it on its head. He said this is going to prove which team it's better, which team is better. No, it's not. First of all, Walker Buehler is not even going to be in this series. He's arguably their best pitcher when games matter. Other than pride, this series means absolutely nothing. And here's why. Rob Manfred has done everything in his power to remove any home field advantage in the yep. postseason. Whether you're the 1 or the 4 seed, it's not going to make a difference. It's going to, regardless of, unless some one of these teams falls into a major slump, they're on a collision course to meet in the second round, regardless as the one and four matchup. And there's no home field advantage because they're going to be playing in Texas. So other than pride, who cares what the outcome is? When it gets said and done, whoever wins the World Series, that's all that's going to matter at the end of the day. So let the Padres fans have their moment of glory if they beat us two or three or even sweep us, because I guarantee this happened in 2017 when the games actually matter in the postseason, the Dodgers are gonna absolutely
1: kick their ass. I don't know. All I'm gonna say is that the Padres are one of the best teams in the National League. So if the Dodgers can can take them out two out of three, I think that says a lot, honestly. You know, I don't I'm and I'm not gonna say that, you know, if the Padres take two out of three from us or sweep us that they're necessarily the better team. But these are the two these are the two best teams in, in the division. So For me, it is a statement game. Final thing that I just wanted to
0: add real quick. First of all, uh, it's worth mentioning Eric Cosmer is out, so that's a big bat for the Padres. But I'm going to say it again. I don't care what happens in this series. I trust the Dodgers once the postseason actually rolls around. The Padres have no experience. They're literally gloating in a 50-game sample size right now. We've seen so many teams in the past get off to the start and completely collapse in the second half. And I don't see how the Padres are any different. They have no experience whatsoever. All right there. I got a little fired up. I I hate the Padres, I must say. I I mean, obviously they are no Giants, but I remember as a kid going to Petco Park, watching Jake Peavy dominate us. You know, they might be the lovable losers for the past 10 years, but I can think back, and I remember hating that team, and those memories are coming up again. And to add on top of that – in 2017, I was in San Diego. I went to like Ogie's or something mediocre like that to watch the World Series Game Three. There I am in my Dodgers uniform, and what is everyone else doing in San Diego? They're rooting for the Houston Astros. Anytime the Dodgers slipped up or went the Astros' way, there they were laughing or cheering for the Astros. So I hate that. I hate that fan base. I must say.
3: Yeah, it's they the sad part is they're a fun team to watch, um, but like I like I mentioned before, it's like their fan base is like they like a little 16 year old who just got their driver's license and now thinks they're all super cool and can like play with the big kids and do all this fun stuff. And, you know, Padres fans absolutely despise me on Twitter. It's like this one guy, anytime I even think about the Padres, he's like in my mentions, just yelling at me. Um, But look, it's, I agree with Kevin's point to a degree of, if they don't win the division, they will be the four seed. And if the season ended now, and if they were the four seed, they would play the Marlins. Uh, If the season ended now and they were the one seed, which they currently are, they would play the giants. Um, So it's, you know, it's a toss up either way. Do you want to play the Marlins and Sixto Sanchez, who's been unreal this year, or do you want to play the giants who just have voodoo devil magic against the Dodgers for some reason? So it's, it's, it's a toss up. Uh, It doesn't really matter. It's more for pride. Uh, Tatis is fun to watch. Machado is kind of annoying, but he's good. Uh, and you know, Chris Paddock also isn't good. So, you know, it's it's going to be a fun series. It, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things.
1: I just don't want to give them any ammo to say that they're better than. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to give any Padres fan that that sort of uh, boost of confidence for them for them to think that they they could take us out in the playoffs because that, that that's just not that's just not the case so just for me i, I and i get it in the grand scheme of things we're going to make the playoffs regardless and it's just a matter of who we're going to play in the first round it sucks that we have a three-game series to start and it's sort of like you know pick your poison of of, of who who do you want to face personally i don't want to face the giants even though they even though i think we can beat them you're right about the voodoo magic but, there's but just Jake.
0: You said they couldn't win 15 games before the season started. I, said I know they were going to
1: win 12. <laughs> I know I was wrong. I, I'll admit it. I was wrong. They're a lot better than I thought they would be. But even if they even if they did suck a lot more than they do overall, I still wouldn't want to face them because for some reason they they can figure out how to beat us, and I'm not sure why. Um, maybe the you know the lore of the rivalry or whatever it is. But back to my, you know, to to wrap up my point here. I get it. In the grand scheme, you know, overall, it doesn't really matter much this series uh, in terms of the uh, outcome of the season. But in terms of bragging rights, and I I just want to beat them. I want to beat every team that thinks that they can take us out. For the record, the Giants are still bad. They've just been lucky in a short season. I
2: feel like that's every team, though, that wants – there's a lot of – there's just always Dodgers hate all around. Yeah. The only good thing is that these Audrey fans, and I'm putting that in quotes because they've become fans over this season, are not getting to watch the season that they're super pumped about in a stadium because.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a shortened season too.
2: I absolutely agree. I think it's um, you don't want to see your team lose ever, but I think it's more of like a pride on both sides kind of, I think it's could potentially change the trajectory of, both teams the rest of their season though depending on how they play um if either team gets sweeped I think it's going to be interesting to see how they come back from it yeah
0: I've said this before so sorry if I've said it again but I know Padres fans are just really excited because this is the first time they've watched their team in September since like 2006 so you can't, I can't, like David said, they're they're sixteen year olds getting their license. They're just overjoyed right now, but they'll be put in their place when it matters. Don't you worry?
3: Yeah, they can they can finally ride the roller coaster at the amusement park. I mean, this is like their World Series, basically, um, and for the Dodgers, it's just another series. We're 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 gonna be without Justin Turner, uh, which sucks because he's been very consistent and good this year. Um, but he'll be back for the playoffs, as will Dustin May. Um, so we'll see. I like. It's unfortunate that the Dodgers aren't going to get to see Clevenger because I would like, you know, the Dodgers hitters to at least get one look at him before if they have to face him in the playoffs. But again, we have Mookie Betts; they don't. Yeah, that's a
0: good point. All right, I think it's time for left field, where we're going to talk about some random things. So, who wants to start this one off today? Jake.
1: Uh,
3: I no, David, you got it. Bro. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not, you know, we've done so many of these segments to where I'm forgetting what I've yelled about yelled about in the past. <laughs> we'll let you know. But this one is going to be I think I've done something along these lines, but it's 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 worth repeating again. This is on waiting in line. People not having proper line etiquette. It's if you're at the uh you know, you're ordering food, you're in a drive through, you're at a movie theater, you're doing all this, you're doing all this and you get to the window and it's your turn to order. And you've been standing in line for a good 10 minutes and you get up there and you're still like, um, Hmm. Like, is this good? Uh, actually wait, like, do you want something? It's like, no, (laughs) if you get to the front of the line and you don't order within 10 seconds, you should be put to the back of the line. Like that, it's that simple. If I'm a restaurant, if a restaurant or a movie theater implored that policy, I would give them all my business. If if it's how do you not know what you want if you've been waiting in line for ten minutes? Like, what have you been doing for the past ten minutes? It makes no sense. It's like the disrespect, and then you get there and you order like fifty things, and it's just like, all right, like there's other people in the world.
1: It's not just you. Figure it out before you get to the front of the line. And why is it always a restaurant that like you should know what to do at like, you know, like it's like a subway or a McDonald's or something someplace where people have been a thousand times. It still happens where you get someone that is just standing up, looking at the menu, trying to figure out what the heck they want.
3: Yeah. It's like in and out. It's like, dude, they have three things. Do you want a double <laughs> cheeseburger? Do you want a cheeseburger? Or do you want fries? It's like, that's it. Just figure it out before you get there. It's that awesome. simple.
2: Like most normal people have like a rotation of the things that they eat at those places too. Or like yeah. already know what movie you're going to go see. Like you're not, you don't even need to look at the time. Like it's probably in the next 10 minutes. So <laughs> my just... dad used to do this. I don't know if your parents did this. Also, he's, he used to be a little scary. So if the waiter came over and we were not ready to order as like children into like teenage years, he would order for us. he would be yeah. like, we've been here. Love that years.
3: move. Love that!
2: If You guys are complaining about needing to eat, like the poor waiter has stuff to do. So, <laughs>
3: well, see, that's what we need more of in society. That, there's just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Keep the line moving.
1: Um, I have a, I have an out of left field for any of um our uh, people that listen to this podcast that may be uh, significantly older than us, um. I hate reading a newspaper in the wind. Like I just <laughs> I absolutely can't stand it. And I know I know people are hate aren't reading newspapers anymore, but man, oh man, when it's windy out and you're reading a newspaper, which, you know, doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, I'm reminded of how pissed off I get <laughs> is when you're trying to flip to a page that you want, and the thing is, you know, flapping in your face and you can't get the page turned that you want. It's just so, so frustrating. And then because that's such a short rant, I'm just going to throw another little out of left field in there where like you just, this is completely different where you change, you just change your clothes. Maybe you just took a shower, you put new clothes on and then immediately you go to like drink something like, you know, a Coke or, or some coffee or whatever. And it spills all over. <laughs> you. I just, I can't stand it. It Grinds my gears to use another older expression. I just it, it, it makes my blood boil when when I have a fresh clean shirt and I spill something on it. I'm dealing with a lot of difficult issues these days, yeah. I mean, the the wind, the
3: newspaper and the wind one like, I my my thoughts go out to you, man. Like, yeah, I really hope you. you're gonna be okay.
1: I might I might put something put something out on Twitter like, I'm needing strength from. From my followers. And also like thoughts and prayers. Why
3: why are newspapers so big? Like just like they're just big. Like why isn't it just like a magazine that's like
1: bigger but like they're just huge. Why are they why have they always been that big? I don't know, but it sounds like a the beginning to a great stand-up set.
3: Yeah,
0: maybe. All right. My of left fields. First one is just a shout out. This is the LVP of last week kind of funny because two weeks ago i gave it to that seahawks cornerback well this time it's going to daniel house jr for what he did in the NBA oh bubble. lord and the best part is the houston fans b- b- using him as the excuse to lose the series it's like no houston you guys will come up with any excuse in the book the lakers absolutely wiped the floor with you guys i'm sorry you were just the inferior team house did not make a difference
3: Okay. Out no. Kicked out of the
1: bubble. No, he didn't. <laughs> he got they, evicted. Was, <laughs> yeah, he got evicted from the house. Um, <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. Uh, Harden and Westbrook just—they—they they weren't a good combination to begin with. And when once they traded Clint Capella, all you know, all hope was lost. In, as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Okay. So the actual out of left field today
0: is about fortune cookies, and I just want to okay. say they're not cookies. They are crackers. <laughs> so this whole false narrative that it's a fortune cookie, no, it should be a fortune cracker. They are way too crunchy to be crackers. A cookie needs to be soft and moist. A fortune cookie lacks nut has none of that. You know, you bite into it, it literally just falls apart. It's a pain in the ass to even break. It's just like a cracker, it falls in shambles. So and even Japanese the story is that they stole it from the Japanese which was a cracker
3: thousands of years ago okay some interesting stuff newspaper <laughs> wind and fortune crackers and yeah. wine people all right Sierra what do you got for us
2: well first off I don't ever eat my fortune cookies so I blame all my bad luck on the fact that when I get fortune cookies I don't eat them I just read the fortune and I think that everyone says that's bad luck because it's <laughs> not good so yeah, yeah they, they, they
1: taste terrible.
2: They're not good. Um, mine is, I don't know if you guys have done this. This is super funny. This actually happened yesterday. When people ask you to take pictures of them and you're like, kind of like, no, I had a friend yesterday tell somebody, <laughs> I don't want to take your group picture. And it was so funny, but I was like, that should be a normal thing that like you're, you don't have to take people's picture when you're minding your own business, like walking yeah. on the street doing things. First of all, these people were like had been taking pictures all of brunch, like sit down, it's NFL Sunday, you should be watching the games. They had been taking pictures the entire time and it was like a massive group. So it was like not like three people where everyone looks good and it's fine. It was like 10, 15 people. So I think it should be like a normalized thing where when someone stops you on the side, like, no, I don't want to take your picture.
3: Yeah, I can get on board with that. I'm not. I didn't sign up to be your photographer the, for
2: the day yeah. just because I'm near you. Yeah, I'll send you my rates if you want them, but I don't. Yeah. a picture while I'm walking down the street.
1: Well, <laughs> we do. We do have the uh, the built-in uh, pandemic excuse to not want to take someone's picture. So maybe that'll carry over. One one good thing we'll take from this pandemic.
2: I yeah, I think we're we're in Arizona, so the whole ten to fifteen people. Sorry, that's that. Yeah, went out the window because I live in Arizona. So. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think there is like, after all this is over, I think we are going to benefit from like some of the, uh, you know, less interaction with random people on the street type stuff. So we'll see. There might be some good to come out of this.
0: Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, when I'm out minding my own business, just, just leave me alone. I don't need to (laughs) tell you where to go, figure it out on your phone. When people ask me, assuming, most of the time, I don't even live there. They ask me where uh, the nearest Chinese restaurant is, or how do you get to here? I, people who live in these two uh, areas would get it. but some, I was literally in a Camarillo gas station, and they asked me if they were near Beverly Hills. Have you, if you've ever been to Camarillo, you would know for a fact it's not near Beverly Hills. you got to go on the 405 for at least an hour. So,
3: You don't like being a I, – see, I like being a tour guide. Like if a random person, I'll just try to come off as like super like knowledgeable. Like, all right, four miles Northwest, you're going to turn, take a left. And then you're going to see this beautiful restaurant there.
1: See, that's fun for me. I hate, I hate, when people, like, I hate when people tell me, yeah, just head South or head Northwest. Screw that. I don't no, know. Where, was, I, don't, I don't know what direction I'm
3: going in. Just tell that me. That was my next right. point. That was my next point. It's like, are you seriously going to tell me like North? Like, I know what that means. Like, what <laughs> yeah. am I a compass? Like what, what <laughs> century are we in?
2: And they start to throw out the mileage too. They'll be like, you go half a mile down south, like that half a mile. I don't even know. Yeah, like I'm what? counting like I'm counting
4: feet. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, All give right. me
1: left turn, right turn, landmark, stop light. Those are the things I know. Yeah. All right. I think
0: it's time to close out the show with our final thoughts. And I'm actually gonna kick this one off first. And it's with the Dodgers lineup today. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Jock Peterson is batting third.
3: What did I tell you?
0: Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Ding Cody Bellinger, City. Edwin Rios, Gavin Lux, and Austin Barnes behind the plate. The only thing I have to say is bang Jock Peterson. Third is stupid. That is my final thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh my final thought is holy lefty Batman. Jesus. Uh we have like nineteen lefties in a row. I hope the Padres don't have any, anyone out of the bullpen that can come in and um. Oh, man. Yeah. Pomerantz late, maybe late in the game, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't agree with Jack Peterson hitting third ever, um, or first. <laughs> um, um, but I, well, did you say Barnes is catching? Yes. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I just don't like, again, I just don't agree with that. It's just like, I know he's got a, I know he's got a catch, but like, Will Smith is on fire right now. I, I don't under, I don't, like, you know, not having him in the lineup. And and for me, it's just like I just I just want his bat in there. And I know the whole Kershaw thing, maybe, maybe Barnes can be Kershaw's personal catcher or whatever, but they changed it up last time and Kevin, you know, almost Don't lost. don't let Kevin don't don't it go it into this. It didn't work talk hours. It did not work. It wasn't because of Barnes. Or it or Smith. Was. It No, was. it wasn't.
0: God Kershaw had no control and it's because he didn't have his jelly behind the plate. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, Okay. Um, Okay. My final thoughts are, I saw a tweet today and it said, quote, I'll take an Austin Barnes at bat over (laughs) Cody Bellinger in a big spot. Changed my mind. And my, my final thoughts are just with that person. Because clearly, <laughs> clearly, like, they had a stroke or, like, something's wrong. Um, because I don't care how much Cody Bellinger is struggling. He could go 0 for 60. I will never, ever pick Austin Barnes in a, t- in, a, in a big spot over Cody Bellinger. He won the NL MVP last year. He's a talented player. Yes, he may be struggling. But to say that is just too far. Like, just calm down. So, that, so my final thoughts go out to that person.
1: And, Kevin, I think it's time you reveal that this is, in fact, your burner account.
3: Yeah, seriously. This is clearly (laughs) clearly Kevin's burner. That's ridiculous. I would never say (laughs) those things about
0: Cody Bellinger.
3: (laughs) All right, Sierra, close us out.
2: All right, so mine is going to be if Kershaw throws lights out today and the Dodgers win, they'll win the series. They sweep.
0: They sweep. Wow. And if if they
2: don't, they'll lose the series.
0: Okay. Yeah, big game one. So, All right. So just like every postseason we're series. On,
2: we're putting it on Kershaw. Just, yep. to, to, just if, like, if they want to put this series up there with the World Series, then, yeah, that's how it's going to go. So we'll see.
0: She's going with All the right. good old-fashioned live on, live or die with Kershaw narrative right now.
2: Yeah, it every hurts post-season. sometimes too. So. Oh, it, oh, it hurts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sh- shout out to Susanna Banana. Sorry we didn't get to you to the very end. I know you're pissed because you said – we spend all year saying we're better than the Astros. They cheated to win. They beat us because of one, lousy, one lousy pitcher can't do his job. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all know the Astros suck. All right. Thank you for listening to me, Klein. <laughs> we're out.